Welcome to the Following Jesus Together podcast, a resource from Midtown Fellowship in Columbia, South Carolina, where we talk about the teachings and practices of Jesus and what that means for us as followers of Jesus and for our church family as a whole. We are back with another episode talking about the spiritual practices. I'm Lizzie. I'm Jake. And today we're going to talk about Sabbath and stopping. What does it mean to have rhythms of Sabbath in our life? Jake and I are both excited and passionate about this one. So Jake, why don't you start us off? What would be the definition of Sabbath and kind of some background? Yeah, so Sabbath, it's from the Hebrew word Shabbat, which literally means to stop. It's as simple as you stop for 24 hours to physically rest, stop from your work, to delight in the good gifts of God and to worship him with other followers of Jesus. So this goes back all the way to the book of Genesis where God creates everything. And on the seventh day says he stops and he rests. And it's just really interesting to think God who is omnipotent and full of power. It's not as though he is tired or exhausted. He stepped back to experience creation and to acknowledge this is very good. This is shalom. This is this is perfect. In the book of Exodus with the Ten Commandments, that is one of the Ten Commandments to actually stop and to rest for 24 hours in some way to mimic what God did on the seventh day. So as believers on this side of the cross, we are called to still practice this with other people to rest, to stop, to Sabbath, to delight in Jesus. God created this rhythm of the days of rest, and he also created years of rest. There's this idea of working six and then resting the seventh um, in both weeks and years. This idea that we are not meant to just work and not meant to just produce. There's a book called Sabbath Keeping by Lynn Babb, and she points out that Many of us think of Sabbath as something we earn at the end of the week. Like you work for six days and you rest. And I get some of the language in scripture says for six days, you shall labor and do all your work. So I understand that thinking. However, if you notice in the narrative of Genesis, Adam and Eve's first full day on earth is a day of rest. They are created on the sixth day, and then they rest on the seventh day. It's not something they earned. It's part of who they are as image bearers of God, that they are people who rest. That's such good news for us, that I often hear people talk about Sabbath as though it's something you get to do if you've done all your work, or Hmm. if you've accomplished everything you needed to accomplish. But no, it's an inerrant part of you that needs to rest, just like God, like you said, himself rested. Not that he needed to, but we need to. We need to stop and actually be able to say no to productivity and always doing, to have space to simply be and to simply rest. And I love the idea that then if the week starts with rest, then we actually work out of that, that our effort in this world comes out of a place of rest, not a place that's trying to earn rest. Yeah. One of my favorite books that I read recently on the Sabbath, it's called The Sabbath by Abraham Joshua Herschel, Hmm. who uh, I found out after the fact was like this huge civil rights leader in the 60s and was like arm in arm with Dr. King during the Selma marches. But he writes this beautiful theological treatise on the Sabbath and what it's about. And he talks about how the Sabbath is holiness in time and how God has created everything. He has created this universe. He has created it. Therefore, the whole physical creation is holy, but Sabbath is a holiness in time, not a holiness in place. And so we actually step into the presence of God and actually be with him more directly when we are able to set apart 
our week and have this 24 hours devoted to him and him alone. That's so good. Yeah. He talks about how the Sabbath was almost like his crown jewel of creation. And so it's this invitation to get back to this place where just as God delighted, so we can delight as well. Yeah. So obviously Sabbath is this 24 hour period of stopping and resting. You and I live very different lives. Me, a single woman who lives alone, you, a husband and a father and a loud life in your home. So it would be good for us to both just share kind of what does Sabbath look like for us? What do those practices look like in our lives? So what does Sabbath look like for you guys in the Blair household? This is something we've been doing now for a while and it's just so fun. So for me, I work on Sundays, so we don't traditionally rest when everyone else rests. So we usually do our Sabbath on Saturday. We get the kids involved. It's really fun. I heard that ancient Jews, what they would do to signal the start of a Sabbath is they would light the Sabbath candles. Mm -hmm. There was a ritual behind it. And I just thought, hey, that's cool. My kids like candles. So (laughs) I usually light a candle or if I can't find a candle, I just get one of those little lighters and just light the flame. And we have the script that we do as a family. Have you seen us do this script together? I haven't, no. Oh, okay. So I rally the kids up, and once I light the candle, they know Sabbath is it's about time. to go down. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's very exciting. I was That's thinking about fun. it. Their only association with candles are birthday parties. So in a way, it's kind of like <laughs> we're throwing a party for ourselves each week. That's awesome. So I light the candle, and I say, kids, it is time for Sabbath. What does Sabbath mean in Hebrew? And the kids say, Shabbat. That's right. What does Shabbat mean in English? To stop. What are we stopping from? Work. That's right. So that we can do what? And they say, enjoy God and enjoy one another. And I say, that's right. And then one of the kids will sing a song, usually God our Father, or we will sing the doxology together. And then at the end of that song, they will blow out the candle and it's just fun from there on out. And usually we'll watch a movie together or eat pizza with paper plates because we don't want to wash dishes on the Sabbath. Or we will go to the grocery store and they get to pick out what ice cream they want. Or it's usually just, hey, kids, what's going to be fun for you? Because if you are having fun, generally we will be happy as well. (laughs) They'll go down for bed. Lucy and I will cook a good meal and maybe watch a show, have some great intentional conversation. And that's usually what our Sabbath looks like. During that time, I turn my phone off. I'm away from the laptop. I delete the mail app on my phone. I put a snooze on our Slack app. I'm not tempted to look at work-related things because I very much battle with workaholism. And so I Mm. cut myself off completely so that I can get in the headspace of resting. And it's really fun. It's a lot like a birthday party that you don't want to end and you start looking at the clock and you realize, oh man, this is going to end soon. This is a bummer, but it's just so good and so restorative for my soul. And I can't think of going back to doing what I was doing before, where Mm. if I get done, then maybe I can. But Mm. just having the hard stop of, no, I want to do this because God does this and I'm made in his image. And I actually get into a deeper place of worship and delight when I do what he calls me to do. Yeah, it's funny. There's obviously some that's different, but there's some that's pretty similar. So I don't work on Sundays, but I do a lot of different volunteer things for our church family. And so for me, it also works well to Sabbath on Friday night 
to Saturday night, mm-hmm. Friday at 6 p.m. to Saturday at 6 p.m. And I also start by lighting a candle. I didn't know that there was a Whoa. Jewish tradition around that, but I heard that idea one time. So I light a candle and then I have a book of liturgies and prayers called Every Moment Holy. I read a prayer out of that out loud by myself with this candle. Sometimes it's a prayer that goes along with what's going on in my life or in the world. And sometimes it's just a general liturgy for that day. And then I am a little different than you. So it's interesting. I turn my phone on grayscale. I don't turn my phone completely off. Some of that is because I don't live with anyone and don't have family. So in order to spend time with people, I need to be able to contact them in some way. But turning my phone on grayscale allows me to, I mean, I just don't like my phone as much when it's on grayscale and it's not as tempting to look at. So I do that for those 24 hours. Also, I love that you pointed out that you delete your mail app because I do different social media. Like I do Instagram Mondays and Facebook Fridays. And so it's been so empowering to like download that app and then delete it at the end of the day and be like, yeah, we have the ability to delete apps and then put them back on our phone. Like it's not that hard, but we act like we're slaves to these apps. What an amazing world. Amazing world we're living in. But we act like, oh, I just have no self-control if it's on my phone. And it's like, hey, guess what? You can delete it and you'll still be able to get it back someday. Anyway, you will be fine. I think it's so important for people to figure out kind of what are their base temptations and frame your Sabbath around that. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned workaholism for you. For me, relationships and friendships are my main idol. And so I can fill my time with people and be overly planned and overly busy with social things and seeing tons of people and being sort of relationally present productive. And so Sabbath for me means I don't have anything on my calendar on Saturdays till 6 PM. And so that I get to live in sort of a more spontaneous way. That doesn't mean I don't see people. I just see people more spontaneously. I've even had some sweet Sabbaths recently where I've run into people around the city and then been able to sit down and hang out with them because I have this freedom of my schedule, but I keep a list on my phone. So I have like a Sabbath as an event in my calendar and I keep a list. It's like the things that I'm seeing from and then the things that I'm saying yes to in Sabbath. So I cease from work, email, social media, chores, and productivity. So I don't use paper plates, but I do leave dishes in the sink for 24 hours, which is hard for me sometimes. But it's just this reminder that like I am not working right now. And then I say yes to the chance to rest, to read, to walk and do other physical activity, to write even. I like to write. And so that's a space to do that. And then I wrote to extrovert. (laughs) So to find space to be with people. So then at the end of my Sabbath, 6 p.m. on Saturday, I like a candle again and I read another prayer from that book. And that doesn't mean that I don't still do restful things on Saturday night, but it's just sort of a symbol to me where I'm able to stop and say, yeah, this was a unique time of ceasing and the Lord met me in that time. And that's been really good for me. I like that you said you've been doing it for a while because I think we can treat Sabbath like it's supposed to be a quick fix. Like if we feel really stressed out and burnt out, just taking a Sabbath will somehow cure that. Mm. But actually Sabbath is meant to be a rhythm and you probably won't experience the benefits of it for a long time. I mean, the first Sabbath you take may well be restful. You may enjoy it, but it will feel costly and hard. And you'll be like, oh, I had a lot of stuff I needed to get done. I had chores and errands. and But I think that if you put that in your life over time, I would challenge someone to do six months where they are, I know that sounds like a lot, where they are committed to a Sabbath every week and then see how your life is different after that six months. Like you said, you cannot imagine your life without it. You would never want to go back to how you were living before. And I think that's exactly what Sabbath is supposed to do for us is to realize we were made for this. We were literally made for this kind of rhythm and this kind of rest. Yeah. I think it's Pete Scazzaro who talks about embracing your limitations 
as part mm-hmm. of growing in Christ likeness. And yeah. Sabbath is one of those very practical ways we are living out our theology in our bodies. God must become greater. I must become less. Mm-hmm. He is infinite and I am finite. He is overflowing and abundant and I am limited and one day I'm going to die. He is all powerful and I am saved by grace, not by anything that I've done. And Sabbath is how we live all of that out mm-hmm. in those 24 hours where we yeah. say, there are emails I could answer. Yeah. Yes. I have things that I need to get done. I have work on Sunday, but you know what? I'm not defined by that. I'm not defined by my performance. I'm defined by who God says I am. And he calls me to Sabbath and rest and delight. So my work may suffer a little bit for it, but I'm getting to rest in Jesus and to quiet my soul. Mm. And like we've been saying, with the other spiritual disciplines, it's a muscle that you have to exercise and you're probably not going to nail it perfectly those first several times, but eventually you build this rhythm into your body and it becomes something you really look forward to. And that's actually something that's helped me when it comes to Sabbath is almost hyping it up the way you would when you're a kid with a birthday party. My kids are always looking forward to, I think every single day they talk about, well, my next birthday party, it's going to be this theme (laughs) and we're going to have this ice cream and this cake. They talk about it every day because (laughs) they look forward to it. And having that same sense of wonder when it comes to Sabbathing each week. And I think about, man, I can't wait to look forward to Saturday because I'm going to take my kids to the zoo and we're just going to have so much fun. Or Mm -hmm. I can't wait to Sabbath because I'm just going to rest and relax. And so Mm -hmm. we have things that we know we want to do that we are looking forward to and we talk about it. And it just builds this sense of joy and anticipation to where when we light that candle, it's like we're welcoming this great party that God built into the fabric of our lives and the universe where God calls us to party every single week (laughs) to worship him. How wonderful that is, you know? Are the five of you together the entire Sabbath? For the most part, there are usually moments where I'll say, hey, how about I watch the kids for an hour or two and you go do something that you want to do that's restful for you. Once she's back, I usually do the same thing. It's like, what do I want to do? It's all kind of up in the air, whatever's going to be the most restful for me to connect to Jesus. And I think that's a great freeing thing to know that Sabbath doesn't just mean I am in a six hour long Bible study. It could Mm be. Uh, For some of us, I think you should. But (laughs) for a lot of us, I think Sabbath can look like taking a nap. And that is okay. And Jesus took naps. Everyone's Sabbath is going to look different based off of your wiring and what's life giving for you. We don't have to nail this perfectly. There is freedom and there is grace. And God just calls us to delight and have fun and make it a party. Yeah. My campus minister, when I was a college student, he often talked about the idea that Sabbath was made for pray and play is how he talked about it. The Ten Commandments are given twice to the people of God. And the first time they're given, it says that the reason for the Sabbath is because the Lord your God rested on the seventh day. But the second time it said, rest because you were freed from Egypt. 
and you are no longer slaves. There's kind of these like dual reasons for Sabbath. One is this God word focused because you are like God and to experience being like him and intimacy with him. And then there's the freedom, which is of course also God word. He freed them, but it's also this idea of celebration. Like you said, that it's a party that Sabbath is made. Yes. For spiritual time and time to be with Jesus, but it's also just made for fun and also just made for celebration of the ways that God made us and and to just kind of enjoy his creation and enjoy his people and not worry so much about the normal to-do list and productivity and busyness that we focus on so often on the other days. Yeah. And what's beautiful is when you start making Sabbath this regular rhythmic practice into your weekly schedule, you start to see this spirit of Sabbath start to pour over into the rest of your week. Mm. So Sabbath is where we take these 24 hours to intentionally ground ourselves in the good gifts of God, worship Him, and rest. But the more we do that and practice that and build into that, the more we find our Mondays and our Tuesdays and our Wednesdays, we just start to see the world a little bit differently. Yeah, that's great. We've talked about Sabbath as a church family before. We've had sermons about it. And I hear a lot of pushback to the idea of Sabbath. It feels really scary for people, I think, to give up 24 hours of productivity and time that they were getting things done that they wanted to get done. And I want to gently remind us that it is a command, that it is a command in Scripture to rest. And it is a command in Scripture to take a Sabbath day and dedicate it for rest and for the Lord. The ways that we sometimes in Christian community go, yeah, I know I'm supposed to Sabbath, but... But I know I'm supposed to, we wouldn't tolerate that, I don't think, in Christian community about some of the other commandments. I know I'm not supposed to murder, but uh, Yeah, I know I'm not really supposed to, jerk. not really supposed to commit adultery, but you know, or I'm not really supposed to worship other gods, but it's just so, you know, easy or something. Like you know, we just the golden calf was there. <laughs> <laughs> I just stumbled into it. It looked fun. I think that shows us a serious idol in our yeah. culture of productivity and of not stopping, of not ceasing. If that's you, I would just gently encourage you to talk to your life group and look for some accountability in that. If you have a lot of pushback to the idea of Sabbath, seek some counsel and some conversation around what are those barriers for you and how can you begin to put this discipline into your life? Yeah, Sabbath is a command and those commands are really invitations for you to experience the life that God designed for you Mm -hmm. in looking like him and mirroring him. So if the command seems burdensome, step back, examine what are the idols and deep-seated sin struggles that you are wrestling with unbeknownst to you, but Mm -hmm. even look at it from the lens of God The creator of the universe is inviting me to this new rhythm of living, and he's doing it for the good of my soul. And just like surgery, it's going to be hard. It might feel painful, but there is good spiritual vitality to come out of it. Yeah. There was a image that came to mind as I've been thinking about this. I had a campus minister who was my mentor and he poured into me and rebuked me a lot and pointed <laughs> me to Jesus. And in fact, my son Sawyer, his middle name is Thomas. It's Aww. after this guy who was a mentor for me for almost a decade. And I remember him and I were in North Carolina at this regional staff directors conference and he just gave a talk on the spirit-filled life and afterwards we're all in this cramped room it's 
me, him, and 30 to 40 other people. And we're all talking about our campuses and these different strategies we're employing. And we're talking about these cool wins and we're all eating together. And I remember stopping and looking around asking, where did Thomas go? And then I see Thomas in the corner of this room laying down asleep. That's amazing. He's in his mid-50s and he's just on the hard floor linoleum Oh my gosh. And I just thought for the longest time, what a funny, quirky story. And that was so much like him. But it also made me think as we were preparing for this and while we're recording right now under quarantine, just what a beautiful picture of rest that is. Here's all this busyness, hustle and bustle, ministry, life, tasks, responsibilities, and to be able to get in a place and just physically rest. Mm. That is what God is calling us to do. Thinking about Jesus on the boat with his disciples and the storm is raging Mm. and Jesus is asleep on the boat. He's in this place of rest. Even when circumstances are chaotic, there are lots of demands to be able to say, you know what? I'm just going to rest and trust that God is sovereign and I can go to bed and trust that he is going to run the world to where I don't have to. That's so good. Rest, Sabbath, stopping, all these things. It's not that impressive to be a person of rest and peace when you're on vacation. You know, everybody feels at rest when they're on vacation. It's not that impressive to be a person of rest and peace and calm when you have an open day with nothing going on. But what Sabbath does for us and these all these spiritual practices do for us is they help us become like Thomas. They help us become like Jesus. More importantly, of course, as people who can have that rest in any circumstance, can have that peace in any circumstance. And that's such a good gift that we receive from God as we put these spiritual practices into our lives. That wraps up our conversation about Sabbath. We do have some resources. Encourage you to look into past Midtown sermons about Sabbath. And yeah, talk to your life group. Talk to your friends about what does it look like to put this into our lives and how can we hold each other accountable to the discipline of Sabbath as we follow Jesus together. So thanks for joining us for this episode. We will be back next week to talk about another spiritual practice. Thanks, guys. 